Thanks for tuning in to the official pod all year. We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet. Eric Allen, Leger, Doosable. Doos, I have a feeling that 2022 is going to be a lot different for the Jets. I think this team is poised to take a step next season. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's not off par to say that the Jets should be playing meaningful games in December and January next year. If you've seen what they've done down the stretch of this season. Now, every season is different. I like to t- tell a lot of people this, like what you did at the end of the last year really has no bearing on what you do the next year because each season is its own. But you're talking about the experience this young team is getting. So many rookies playing. There'll be a year within this system coming back. So they'll almost be veterans in the system the next year by all the snaps they've been taking. You talk about both Michael Carters, Brandon Eccles, Zach Wilson, talk about uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. All these guys are rookie. Elijah Moore, we'll see if he'll be able to go Sunday because, again, it's Tuesday. We don't know how the week is going to progress. Um, but so many rookies have gotten prominent roles. You even seen Kenny Yaboa, a guy that's really developed and had a really good game Sunday versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. So it's not off par to say that the Jets could potentially be playing meaningful games next year around the December, January mark. But And one of the primary reasons why I'm saying that is the growth of Zach Wilson. You think about what happened in week one in Carolina. Yeah. That seems ages ago, but he was sacked six times, hit on 10 occasions. The Jets really got nothing going in the first half and were able to mount somewhat of a comeback and they fell in that game. And then week two against New England, he was a fish out of water. Four interceptions. You think about week three against the Broncos. But look at what's happened here since he's come back from the PCL sprain. And most notably, I think, against the Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champion, although they were missing Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, um, who who else in the mix Uh, there? Levante David. Yeah, Levante David, of course, the uh, very talented linebacker. I thought he played his best professional game. Without a doubt, Zach Wilson played his best game Sunday versus the defending Super Bowl champions. I just like his growth over the last month of the season. It's been a far cry from earlier in the season when people were complaining about the offense not scoring any points in the first half. Like the Jets on numerous occasions have gone out and had points on the first drive of the game. And it's been a breath of fresh air he's played within the offense. And I think his pocket presence has just gone to another level. In the beginning of the year, EA, too many times he was just too comfortable backing up and escaping to the right or left without even there being real pressure. Well, now he's gotten more comfortable, more confident in the offense. He's trusting his offensive line more. And he's been able to stay in the pocket and rip off some laser beams, like talking about a few throws from Sunday's game versus the Bucks. That third and 10 throw to Kenny Yaboa down the seam where he threw it away from the safety. That sidearm throw to Braxton Berrios on the slant route. And then that throw to Keelan Cole on the skinny post in the third quarter over Devin White's fingertips, literally, before the safety got there. Like, just throwing in rhythm. He is, is, has been night and day compared to the beginning of the season to where it is now. So if you're a Jet fan, you have to be excited about the development of this kid over the last month since coming back from injury. Yeah, you mentioned the start of games. Yeah. I mean, it's been so impressive. Philadelphia was three possessions, three touchdowns. How, how, how much of a struggle it was in the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. So against the Eagles, three possessions, three touchdowns. I mean, yeah. how many teams in the National Football League have done that this season? Then against Miami, in Miami, you did that on the road where you took a 10-point lead. On You were unable to finish that game up. But against the Buccaneers, 14 points. two, 
possessions, two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, progress. And, yeah, and it talks about his progress and his development, right? And also, you got to give a kudos to Mike Lafleur, um, just scheming some easy throws for him, man. And I know you will talk about this, but I'll get into it right now. EA, just his inventiveness, not only in the run game but in the pass game. So you mentioned it, right? Jason Pierre-Paul was out. Shaq Barrett, those are their two best edge runners. So what does Mike Lafleur do? Well, we're going to run the toss play, right? We're going to test your edge. We're going to make your corners tackle. Michael Carter takes one for fifty plus yards. Austin Walter takes one for 14 plus yard on just toss plays. And then the extension of the run, right? We want to test your edges. We're going to get the, the ball to Braxton Berrios in space on, on quick screens. One by the red zone and one later on in the game that he almost broke for a touchdown. Like Michael Flores has just been a bit of it. Then off of that, he switches it up, right? We're, we're still going to run our zone play, but then we're going to also throw some counter in there, right? We're going to throw some trap in there because you like to blitz. We're going to slow that aggression down. So Michael Flores has done some good things. And then also, his option routes, where he puts Berrios in space as far as pushing up a guy like Denzel Mims or pushing up a guy like Keelan Cole and then bring Berrios you know, across the formation or two crosses. We've seen that the last two weeks where Braxton Berrios has been open on third and fourth down, pivotal downs, and Zach Wilson has been able to find them. So Mike LaFour has done a good job, and Zach Wilson has done a really good job of just executing the offense, not trying to do too much, not putting this team in a bind by throwing ill-advised throws, but when guys are open, he just hits them in stride, and he's done a good job of doing that. I mentioned this on our postgame show, Jets Overtime. There was a series there, a sequence of plays there in the second half against the Buccaneers that I really thought spoke to his development. One was a screenplay to Ty Johnson where pressure was coming up the middle, but he never panicked. And yeah. earlier in the year, we would have yeah. saw panic from him, and he just mm. – smoothly backpedaled before throwing a touch pass to Ty Johnson and Johnson explodes up the sideline using that sub four, four speed. Then the very next play, he unleashes the can, the rope to Keelan Cole right by the goal line. Yeah, exactly. So you're talking about his development and I, I know exactly what you're talking about earlier in the season. There was a play where he kind of rushed the screen and it hit Morgan Moses in the back of the head. And it would have been a walk-in touchdown for Michael Carter, but you see, the progression, you see the confidence, right? You see the moxie that everybody has been talking about since he's got drafted. He's just in another realm as far as his confidence on the film field right now. So like a play earlier in the year to Todd Johnson on that screen might've been an incomplete pass, but now with the pressure coming, he's able to throw from different side angles, knows where to go with the football, where his receiver can catch it and run on the open field. Like there's multiple times, even on the, the play before the fourth and two that everybody was talking about. Bad snap, right? Had the composure to still get enough on the ball to get it to Braxton Berrios to get it because it was third and five, I believe. So Berrios mm -hmm. got three yards. Imagine if it was fourth and five, then you're probably kicking a field goal right there anyway and not having the potential to go for it and end the game. So even like just those little things, right? Being calm under pressure when a bad snap is taken, being able to still throw the ball, get it to your receiver so he could potentially make a play for you. It's night and day from what it was in the beginning of the year. If you were to redraft the quarterbacks right now, I bet you there are a lot of people in the National Football League and executive in executive offices who make those decisions. They would probably, I bet you, go Zach Wilson one over the rest of these cats. And I know people are going to think I'm crazy and I'm seeing <laughs> things through green-colored lenses, but Trevor Lawrence is an awesome talent. Yeah. 
but Jacksonville has done him no favors this but that's, year. But that's the thing. So I don't know if it would change the draft order just because of the situation he's been okay. in in Jacksonville. Like, that is such a toxic toxic situation he was in in Jacksonville. It's really hard for a young player to develop, let alone the quarterback, the face of the franchise to develop when your head coach is all over the place and he's talking about leadership and, and togetherness and he's doing what he's doing talking crazy to his coaches, not getting on team planes after losses. So as far as this dysfunction, it's hard for any player to grow, more specifically the quarterback position. I'm just worried about, and this is not about Lawrence, <laughs> but I, I, I'm worried about what kind of damage they might have done to him done this to year. Him, yeah. and that's that, that's just me about. looking yeah. at it from far away. That's not a shot at Trevor Lawrence. I think 100%. he's an incredible talent, and he yeah. he should be successful in the National Football League. But what you're seeing here with the Jets, we continue to come back to it, is the infrastructure is in place. Mac Jones has had a very good season in New England, and the Patriots are going to the playoffs. With that being said, if you were going to draft both guys, I don't know if you're taking Mac Jones over Zach Wilson today. Yeah, I think the intangibles. Now, Mac Jones is able to process things. He probably processes things way better than all the rest of the quarterbacks in the draft. Um, but also, this is a guy that waited like four years in Alabama. So he's, you know, he wasn't a guy that was thrust into action right away. He was able to study and sit behind and see other quarterbacks do it. But he did it his way, right? And, and was able to get Alabama a championship. He literally went to the perfect team. Like, that was the perfect team for Mac Jones to go to. So even if the draft was redone, I don't know if Mac Jones has as much success with any other squad than he does with the New England Patriots because of McDaniels and Bill Belichick. I think he was just perfectly suited for that system. Um, as far as the arm talent and everything and tangibles, I think Zach Wilson still goes before Mac Jones if you redo the draft either way because of what we've seen the last month of the season um, with the arm strength, the, the accuracy. Those were things that had me giddy. And, you know, the pre-draft, when I did the pre-draft show, when I was talking to you before the draft, or after we talked, even after we drafted Zach Wilson, when I was talking about all the things that he does and how he could perfectly fit in Mike LaFleur's system. So I think Zach Wilson still goes one or two, whether they do the redraft or not, um, just because of all the, the, the intangibles this kid has and his arm strength and his athletic ability, which we've seen come into play lately. Yeah, and props to Mac Jones. He's going to be in the playoffs. He rebounded after a couple tough outings against the Colts and the Bills, yeah. and they laid it on uh, Jacksonville. And Lawrence, <laughs> uh, bottom line, he should be a successful player in the National Football League. Great mind, uh, unbelievable physical skill set, but yeah. they got to get that set up for him. Whereas you're looking at the Jets right now, you just face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was not only Wilson's progress on display, it was everywhere else. The offensive line, who Man. started Dan Feeney for the first time at center this season, they it went up against too. a third-ranked rush defense in the National Football League, and the Jets turned out 150 yards on the ground. Man, so EA talking about the inventiveness of Mike LaFleur, but all that started with the offensive line. Like, LDT, Feeney, Elijah Vera, like these, Devin White and Mentor for the Bucks. They were pissed off after the game. You could tell. Like there was so much time the guards got to the second level before Devin White could even take a step. And it was it was masterful to see. Like LDT was road grading guys. Like I seen him dump mentor about three or four times in the game. And you love to see that aggression. You just love to see your veteran guys still fighting at the end of the year, where you know it's been rumored that you know a lot of guys at this time of year, when there's no playoff in sight, they'll kind of shut it down. 
But you don't see that from this Jets team. Young guys, old, older guys, veteran guys, they're out there still fighting, EA. And the foundation is is set, like you said, right? That The Jets are trying to build that identity. They've set a, a good foundation. They got a few young foundational pieces, but the veterans are still out there, you know, you know, grabbling and, and clawing and, and fighting week in and week out. And that was a Bucks defense. Yes, they didn't have their two edge guys. And, yes, a few runs broke on the edge. But there were some runs that broke down the middle. Like that Ty Johnson run in the fourth quarter that almost went to a touchdown, that was, you know, through the B gap. You know, that wasn't on the outside run. That was a simple zone play. And that was a great job by LDT. And then also good job by Morgan Moses, right, taking the defensive end and taking them to the sideline right there. So this offensive line, even though it's kind of gotten mixed up with McGovern getting hurt and Fent going out early in the game, um, the, the, the veteran guys that have come in, like LDT, GVR, Feeney, these guys have played well at certain points of the season, and they played really well Sunday. Uh, Joe Douglas should get a lot of credit on that trade, too. He sent yeah. Dan Brown to Kansas City. Oh, by the way, Dan Brown, Brown is finishing <laughs> the season on the Jets roster, yeah. and LDT comes in here, and he, he's played very well. Feeney, versatile guy. Uh, and this is why the Jets got him because one week Elijah Vera Tucker's out of the lineup, Feeney plays left guard. The next week, McGovern's out for a couple games. Well, he quitted himself quite well at the center position. George Fant, we don't know if he's going to play against the Buffalo Bills, but he's been tremendous this been season. Amazing. Morgan Moses gets after you in the mm -hmm. run game oh, big yeah. time. That guy's a mauler up front. Uh, and Makai Becton not going to play again this season. Hopefully he comes back 100%. But if you get Becton back and you add maybe another piece along that offensive line. Talk about maybe a top five offensive line in football, right? And, and there you go. Yeah. And with so a young quarterback yeah, who is mean. showing progress down yeah. the stretch. Yeah. So, and even though there's been, you know, some, some mixing and matching with the offensive line, Zach Wilson has gotten comfortable whoever is out there starting. He's been more comfortable in the pocket. We talked about that earlier in the show. Like, so you're talking about maybe get getting Makai Becton by back, McGovern coming back from injury, Fant coming back, and then adding one, you know, pivotal piece, and then adding maybe some depth pieces. Maybe you, you sign Feeney back because he has played so well these last few games. He now he has one more start to you know put good film out there. And maybe hey, the Feeney are... came on the podcast last week. By the way, Bryce yeah. Hall is going to be on the pod today. Anybody comes on the pod, they ball next out next week. They, yeah, they ball. <laughs> they out. ball out. <laughs> hey, so if you want to ball out. Come hang out with me and EA. We'll get you right. But, no, nah, just going back to the offensive line, now you're talking about the depth and, and you know, Feeney playing well. He might have brought himself into an opportunity to, to get a nice size contract. If not, Jess can bring him back. He can always be the soon guy or maybe even compete to potentially maybe be the starter because he showed with his versatility that he could play guard and he can play center. I think he's better suited to play center. Uh, we saw that Sunday playing against probably the best nose tackle in football. I think he graded out the best of all interior linemen in the NFL this past week. So he, that is crazy. And yeah, that's a testament exactly. to the work John Benton's done yeah. here. With he hasn't got guys. enough credit. John Benton is a great coach was with him in San Francisco, man. And what he does as far as schemes for his offensive line and getting them ready, man. Uh, he's one of the best in the game for sure. Without a Deuce, doubt. How staggering is this stat? I put this out on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> The Jets are ninth in the National Football League in Rushing. terms of yards yeah. per rush. Mm -hmm. Ninth. That's that's crazy because I believe like halfway through the season they were like last or one of the one of the thirty like like round 30, 31. And as far as rush yards per game, but the Jets have come on at late. You know what? Two hundred and seventy plus yards was 
Jacksonville over 100 and what 50 versus 150 versus a team that had only been given up I want to say about 80 something a game so the Jets have come on running the football and this happened without Michael Carter for most of the game like he went down early in the first quarter now granted he did break off a 55 yarder before he left but this is with him missing most of the game and Austin Walters and Ty Johnson and then even Braxton Berrios on some end of rounds getting it done so I mean, the offensive line, you have to give a credit to them because they didn't have their lead back. They didn't even have their second back in Tevin Coleman. And they were able to still open up holes for Ty Johnson, Austin Walters, and then being able to seal the edge so Braxton Berrios can get around on some end arounds. What do you make of Berrios? Yes, people need opportunities. But he's clearly clearly gotten an opportunity. But how has he gotten better as a player? Yes, we're seeing him out there. You just don't suddenly get wave from New England and then, boom, it automatically clicks for you. What is click for him where he's turned into a multi-purpose weapon? Because, yes, he's a first alternate to the Pro Bowl. Should be be going to the Pro Bowl. Shouldn't be an alternate. Well, there you go. But he's he's also connected with this offensive coordinator who's very creative, who 100%. uses people's abilities their inside their in, inside his system, and it's just meshing right now. Yeah, I think first and foremost, opportunity, right? That's something that he really didn't get in New England. He was always like kind of pigeonholed as the returner. Um, but I would say he's he's grown in his development. He put the work in. And I think the biggest thing when you talk about Braxton Berrios, the word that comes to mind, and I know EA people hate this word, but it's trust. Like the coaching staff trust him. Zach Wilson trust him. Hmm. And you could tell because at pivotal situations, even the, the fourth and two box play, they drew the play up for him, right? He was supposed to get that ball. You talk about the week before versus Jacksonville, starting that last drive when they ended up kicking the field goal. Um, the first two plays went to Braxton Berrios. One was an end around, one was another screenplay, and he took it for a first down. Like they just have trust in him. Zach had a pivotal third down reception from Braxton Barrios the week before versus Jacksonville with the game on the line. He caught it, I believe, was on third and seven. Like, Zach has trust in Braxton because Braxton's earned that trust. Like, he doesn't drop anything, EA. Like, the pass that I talked about earlier on the slant route, like, literally, I don't even know if he saw that ball because Jamel Dean was in perfect position, but Zach Wilson put it where only he could catch it. And that's not an easy catch, right? Because you're talking about having partial vision on the ball as a football player and you're trying to get your hands up to catch it and you literally see it at the last second, like you earn trust by going out there and making plays like that. And that's what Braxton Berrios has done. He's earned the trust to not just be a returner, right? Not just to be a punt returner or kick returner. He's earned the trust to be a third receiver, maybe even the fourth at worst. So I think the Jets, and I've heard there's rumors that they've already started talking to him. If I was them, I'd try to sign him before the Buffalo game. Because if you let this guy get the free agency, don't be surprised if New England comes crawling back <laughs> or a team – Team like New England comes crawling back. Oh, right? don't yeah. say that. Listen, I'm um, just being honest with you, man. Because now that the nation, no, is I know. Not now, all 31 and, teams in the NFL, yeah, exactly. uh, they see the know? tape. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a positionless player, and what I mean by that is he's a perfect player for today's National Football League because you can do so many different things with him. It's not. Yeah hey, we're going to go put him outside the numbers and you're not going to participate on special teams. He's the best returner in the National Football League. And, He's um, a guy can operate from the slot. You can move him outside the numbers, but, I mean, he, he's more at home in, inside the slot. 
but you can put him in the backfield now. We're seeing more of that in end of rounds. And some of these plays have given them pass options, but it's yeah. like, hey, listen, if it's not there, you can you can take it. Yeah. And, and I think it's an interesting dynamic, right? Because Elijah Moore is kind of in that same mode too, right? Positionless player. He's a guy that at Ole Miss played, you know, the X, played the Z, played in the slot. They lined him up in the backfield. And they kind of use him and Berrios in similar similar roles. So it'll be interesting, you know, once Berrios hopefully signs back to the Jets, like how they imagine being able to be creative and use both of those guys, maybe playing Elijah Moore in the backfield one time and Berrios in the slot. Like Mike LaFour has been so inventive. I, I'm kind of interested to see like that dynamic of both of those guys. Now, together. I can't field. wait. And for anybody who says the Jets don't have weapons, it's not true. Let's get to Bryce Hall. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Bryce, thanks so much for joining us. I got to say, that is a picturesque scene behind you. It actually looks like a sunny, warm day in Florham Park, but you got the coat on that... Your wife bought you, so we got to give a shout out to her. Is it cold in the studio? <laughs> nah, it's not cold, but uh, like you said, I'm trying to get some brownie points. My wife got me this beautiful <laughs> jacket, and so uh, it's it's comfy, and I like wearing it. Bryce, let's just talk about your development, man. You've, you've come such a long way from year one to year two. Uh, top five in the NFL and past breakups this year. Just talk about you as a player in your development from year one and two, because now we see you following around Mike Evans, some of the top receivers in the league, and you've actually held up really well against those guys. So do you pride yourself on the future of being able to take out the number one receiver going forward? Yeah, man. Um, I, first off, I just appreciate it. Appreciate the love and, and respect to that. Um, you know, I mean, I definitely have way, way more that I, I need to grow and develop and work on, but um, I felt like, you know, this year uh, I had really good people, like really good coaches, um, learned a lot, a lot of growing, growing pains and, and everything throughout the season. And so, you know, my I was just trying to be real consistent and I, I really contribute that to the preparation, the coaches and, uh, you know, anytime I step on the field, you know, since I was little when I, you know, set my mind up to play this game, you know, I wanted to be the best I could possibly be. You know, I want to strive to be great. And, um, you know, obviously I, I still got a lot with, a lot more ways to go, but, you know, hopefully in the future, that's something I can, you know, earn the right to do because that's something you definitely got to earn. And, um, you know, hopefully that's something that, you know, I'll be able to do moving forward. Can you talk about your coaches a little bit and how much of an impact they have made on you? Yeah, um, you know, first off, you know, Coach Sala, he's got a great mind for the game. You know, he obviously with this system he's played, he's, um, you know, he's brought up a lot of really good players at my position. So super credit to him, and, and I'm grateful to be a part of him. And, and even believing in me at the beginning of the year, you know, um, I think that was something that he showed, that he, he, he believed in us. 
And, um, you know, obviously Coach Brick, our defensive coordinator, he trusts us and he has, you know, a lot of confidence. And so I'm thankful for that. And then Tony Oden, my corners coach, uh, can't say enough uh, great things about him. He's been such a, a a great dude, not only just with, you know, the X's and O's, because, you, know, you know, I just appreciate the person he is. You know, off the field, it's, it's way more than ball. And he cares about the individual person. And so that's somebody who I love and enjoy coming to work for and uh, communicating with him. You know, he just teaches me so many little things just off the field and things that, you know, when you're on the field, just as far as communication, little nuggets. Um, he's he's coached some really good players. And so I'm just grateful and thankful for him as a coach and all those coaches, man. It, it's been a blessing. Bryce, I know you just said there's some so so many more things that you can get better at. Uh, I would like for you to, to just go into detail about that because I know one of the things watching your films, I, I felt like you had a Pro Bowl type year, but I just want you to steal the ball more, Bryce. I'm, once you <laughs> yeah. do that, you, you're going to be in that elite level. I really feel that. Um, just talk about some of the things you want to work on to, to take your game to the next level. You know, you just said it, and that's something that um, I know that if I want to go to the next step, next level i gotta take that ball away and so i'm looking deep um and heavy on on those opportunities and i think really what it comes down to is you know i, I believe i'm doing the right preparation but it's about believing it when i see it you know there's been a lot of opportunities where i knew things were coming where you know i was ready for it but um it's one thing when you know it's coming another it's another thing when you you, you shoot your shot. And so you have to earn the right to do that. And so I think moving forward for me, it's like when I know it, I go, you know, no hesitation. I've done the, the preparation, done the work, and then it's time to shoot my shot and go in for it. You know, I think um, risk or difference makers are risk takers. And there's sometimes that you got to take risks. And, um, you know, maybe I, I think looking back, there's been times where I've been a little hesitant, a little, I've had a little hitch in, in, and going after it, but um, that's something I definitely want to pr improve on. And, you know, I believe I can get that done, no, no doubt about it, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's the next step for sure. Is it fair to say that you're a more confident player? Coming out of Virginia, fifth-round pick, you don't get to the National Football League unless you believe in yourself. But I got to imagine there's a step there your rookie year where you don't get on the field until late in the season. You do some good things. Now you're in a new system. Now you're flourishing with the PDs. Um, can you talk about confidence uh, with your game and how it's grown since entering the National Football League? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is experience. The more time on task, the more games that you're a part of, the more situations that you're in, I feel like it's allowed me to become more confident and um, having that success um, also breeds that confidence. And so I think it's a combination just of experience, um, learning, being in those moments, being in that environment and having those reps um, over and over and over again. Um, I think those produ that produced that confidence and uh, I know, like last year, early on, it was kind of like I was thrown into the fire, but you know, I'm so grateful for it because um, I feel like I, each game is just is coming a little bit more smoother and smoother. Bryce, let's take it back to when you were in college. Uh, coming out, you were slated originally to go probably first, second round, and you had the foot injury. Just talk about 
that process, going through that injury, um, not going as high as you wanted in the draft. How has that maybe changed you in the perspective as a man and then as a football player? Yeah, um, that was uh, – I felt like when I got hurt like, uh, my senior year, I learned so much, uh, especially because I was seeing the game from a, a perspective I never really saw it before. I was able to be in the coaching meetings. I was able to be in the box. I could kind of see the big picture and all that. And I think it challenged me as a leader and as a person. And um, I think when I early on, when I came into the NFL, um, it was, you know, a blessing in a, in a lot of ways because I got a chance to sit back and just learn and soak in from some of the older dudes that were in the room. Okay, look at what it takes. What, you know, what am I working with? And so I had a little bit of time to just kind of process that um, before I actually stepped out on the NFL field. And so, um, you know, obviously I don't want, I, ne I never wish that on anybody. I don't, didn't want to get hurt, uh, but there's definitely so many things that I, I felt like I, I grew from that process and it, it's helped make me into the player that I am today. Can you talk about the summer? Everybody's looking at the Jets at the cornerback position saying, you guys need to add a veteran. You're so young back there. How are you going to play with these guys? And it turns out that you guys become a strength of this team, and everybody's looking at this young cornerback group and saying, wow, this is something really to build off of. But can you take me back to the mindset when you heard people? I'm sure you heard it. People on the outside saying, well, you got to get a veteran. You got to get a veteran. And your coach and your GM continue to say, hey, we are going to ride with these guys. Yeah. Um, man, people say so many things on the, <laughs> you know, from the outside. It's hard to really, I, I, I personally don't think you can really um, allow that stuff to to shape you or mold you or change the way you go about doing it. Cause I mean, this is an imperfect game or this is, this is a game that, you know, we're striving for perfection and we're imperfect people. And so obviously every, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion. Everybody's going to have, you know, their thoughts and things, even when you're doing, you know, really good, people are going to, you know, have things to criticize or whatever. And so for me, I really, I just try not to, I just tune that out. And it's obviously you hear it, but, Man, you know, it's important to guard your heart, especially in this game where there's so much noise and chatter and, all, and you know, everything like that. So I really just didn't really pay too much attention to it. You know, I that didn't affect what I was trying to do. You know, I knew the goals and, and, and what I was after this year, and, and I have a high standard for myself. So regardless of what everybody else was saying, you know, that was still my mission. And I think the, the other guys on the team felt the same way, you know. Um, and, you know, even though we're young, it's like, you know, um, we just we appreciate the trust the coaches and all that stuff had in us. And obviously we, we had a lot of growing pains throughout the season. But um, I think that's the mindset we try to have. Bryce, technically, you're the, the eldest statesman in the quarterback <laughs> room, even though you're only in year two. Let's talk about your, your running mates on the outside, Brandon Eccles and Michael Carter. Uh, you know, they come in as rookies and play prominent roles next to you. Just talk about their development and what you've seen from them in year one. Yeah, um, it was really cool because I feel like, you know, I see them grow so much from when they first got in here to, you know, obviously to today. Um, as far as, you know, Michael Carter, I feel like he's going to really 
know, he really um, has grown as a leader, like in his own right, and just having that confidence and being able to communicate. You know, obviously on that pick six, B's first pick six, it was came from Michael Carter seeing something and saying something. And that chemistry, I think it's, it's just going to grow. And B, I think, you know, he carries that chip on his shoulder. Um, ever since he, you know, he came, he, he never really was, uh, you know, uh, known as like a superstar coming out. Fit, I think six round pick. Six round, yeah. Com coming from Kentucky, you know, he was a Juco product and, uh, you know, he just kind of carries that. And he's never let, you know, the moment be too big for him. And so, you know, he's just going to keep improving. So it's, it's really cool. And um, I am I look forward to just the chemistry and growing with these dudes. Uh, can you talk about your wife a little bit? You both were scholar athletes at the University of Virginia. And also talk about your daughter and what's that been like the last, what, year and a half now? Yeah, uh, she's five months now. Uh, it's it's been uh, man. My wife, she's she's amazing. Um, she has really, really, you know, held down the fort. Especially, you know, her family. She's from New Zealand. Her family, um, her mom. Her she's really close with her mom and her dad, and they haven't really been able to be out here except for the early part of the birth. And so she's been really grinding and helping out at home when you know I've had to be away. And, uh, man, I just can't say enough about her. And she allows me to, you know, be the kind of player I am today because she is so considerate and she cares so much about, you know, um, what I'm doing. And she, she understands the grind and, and the sacrifice it takes in the season. So I just have so much love and respect for her. And she's such a great partner. And, you know, my daughter, she's amazing. Um, it's been such a learning lesson this season, just learning how to spend time. You know, when I come home, I want to be with them. I want to um, help take the load off my wife um, at times and stuff like that. And so she's just been a bundle of joy. You know, it's like when when I come home, she don't care about nothing that happened. She don't know what's going on with the game or whatever. And that stuff doesn't matter. She's just happy to see me. So uh, how old is she now? Lesson. She's five. She's five and a half months now. Every day they change, man. Every oh, day yeah. they grow. She's growing. I love <laughs> yeah. it. I love it. Bryce, let's talk about the Bills this week. Uh, last game of the season, divisional matchup versus a pretty explosive uh, offense. You guys faced them earlier this year, I believe, were able to get Josh Allen and get an interception <laughs> off him. Uh, what has been the game plan without giving it out too much? What is one thing you guys want to take away from this Buffalo Bills team this Sunday? Well, um, you know, obviously I haven't, we haven't had time to meet yet and discuss the game plan. So, um, but I think that just heading into this week, the mentality is like, okay, this is still December football. We're in our minds. We're treating it like we're, it's winning in. We're winning. And if we win, we're in, you know, that's the kind of game that we kind of are, are trying to play with ourselves and, and the mindset to prepare for what the situations we're going to be like in the future. And so that's our mindset. We, you know, we know that it's going to be big one for them. They're trying to secure home field advantage for the playoffs, and so we're going in there swinging. And and uh, you know, I feel we feel like uh, we've grown so much since the last time we played them. And so I'm uh, looking forward to just a hard fought game. 
How much are you looking forward to playing in that environment? Because it's going to be crazy there in Western New York. They're looking to secure their second division championship uh, in a row. Uh, and Dews knows this better than anybody because he played for both the Jets and the Bills. In Buffalo, the fans are going to be right on top of you. That's the way that stadium is built. It'll be exciting. I never played there before, uh, but I've heard a lot about it. And, uh, man, that's playoff football, you know. You, you you love to be in those situations, those environments, and uh, we look forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's, gonna, it's, it's something you've never experienced before, Bryce. So, so it'll be a fun atmosphere to play in. And there's nothing better than, you know, trying to beat a team that needs that's playing for something. I mean, they did it to us in 2015. So I pray that you guys get a little payback for, for old dudes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Bryce, yeah. thanks for joining us today, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Dudes, Bryce Hall, so impressive, not only right. on the field, but off the field. The kid's got it, and he's only going to get better. You talk to him about taking that next step. I think we're going to see that from him next season. A hundred percent. I know me and you have talked about him throughout the whole season, and I've been on record saying that I feel like he's had a Pro Bowl type year, but the thing that separated him from the corners that got into the Pro Bowls they have the interception. So that's his next step, right? And I've broke, broken down countless Bryce Hall plays. If he can just go steal that ball. And, and it's kind of about what we talked about, EA, right? And you asked him about his confidence, right? His confidence as a player. Sometimes you got to be a risk taker. And especially if you've, you've trusted the film work that you've put in and the work that you put in on the field, sometimes you just have to have faith and belief and go take the ball, man, in certain situations. So I'm looking forward to seeing him take that next step because if he does – the Jets might have found their next elite corner at the cornerback position. And that would be huge. I just think there's such a natural process here where mm. he comes in after being hurt at Virginia, gets in late in the year, gets his feet wet in the NFL. Then this year, he becomes a guy who sticks to receivers like glue on the outside. His size is such an advantage. He's sure. getting his hands on the football. Now it's becoming that calculated risk taker, knowing when I can make that play because he's got a chance to be a difference maker where he's a solid cornerback right now. He has the chance to be one of the NFL's difference makers on the outside. 100%. And, and again, it goes down to his preparation. And then even a lot of those PBUs, he's in the perfect position. Just go treat that ball like it's yours, right? Pretend it's the jugs machine. Go get it. Like, it's just having that confidence to go get the ball. And I think that comes with reps. You said it late, late last year he got into the game. So, technically, this is kind of like his rookie year, mm. technically. You know, if we talk about it, I believe he's only played in, like, maybe 20 games. So, like, this will – like, next year will technically be, like, his second and a half year. So, I think that just comes with reps and confidence. And I think he's built that confidence. I felt like he's tailor-made for this – the scheme because of his length. Sala likes bigger corners that, that can run, that are long, that can put their hands on you at the line of scrimmage. And he fits that mold. And, and the production is there. You said it, top five in the NFL in pass breakups. And this guy had a great battle with Mike Evans, one of the best receivers 
in football this past week on Sunday. So Mike got him on a fade, but there was a couple plays where Bryce Hall was in perfect position and got a couple PBUs in that game, which is very hard when you're playing a big, you know, aggressive re- receiver like Mike Evans. At some point this week, the Jets are going to announce their team awards. It is expected from this lens that the team MVP will be C.J. Mosley. Uh, final thoughts on Mosley's year here where he set a career high in tackles and he's yeah. had 10 games of double-digit tackles. And he's the heart and soul of the defense. And I think he's grown from a leadership perspective. Uh, that's tough for me to say because – he kind of hasn't been around much the last two years, mm-hmm. but he's spoken to that, that he had to talk to his father and talk to other people about him and having that evolution as a leader. And I think we've seen that. Yeah. First and foremost, that man was on the field way too much this year. Let's go ahead and put that 155 tackles is ridiculous. Um, but you, you saw that CJ returned to the Pro Bowl caliber player that he was before the injury, I believe in 2019 and, and then last year missing, opting out because of COVID. So I know a lot of Jet fans and, and were worried about it. I really wasn't worried because I saw him move around during training camp. He was a lot leaner, uh, like he had purpose in his eyes and was ready to go this year. So it, it's great. I don't think it's a question mark whether he should be back next year. I think that's automatic. Uh, I think you've seen him help in the development of so many young players on this defense. You talk about Quincy Williams next to him, a guy that literally was brought in to maybe just play special teams, his his growth and development. And we've had him on a, a few weeks ago. He's had a couple double-digit tackle games. So uh, I think he's just had a really good effect on this young team, not just the defense, because like you said, he's the heart and soul of this team. And they, you just can't say enough about C.J. Mosley and the job that he's done. It'll be real interesting to see once everybody gets healthy next year and he comes back how this defense can formulate adding a couple pivotal p a couple pivotal key pieces. It'll be fun to watch going in the future. But CJ Mosley, I would think, undoubtedly would have to be the MVP. I would say, to me, a name that people aren't going to consider. I think George Fan should be second close, a second close MVP candidate, and then Bryce Hall should probably get a few votes as well. And, and props to Mosley. This is a guy who's been in the playoffs before and a lot of veterans in the NFL or close to 30 wouldn't want to be part of this. They wouldn't want to be part of a team that was starting a build this season. But in fact, he's embraced it and he wants to be part of the reason why this team does turn around. And there's no question CJ Mosley is going to be a part of this deal moving ahead Uh, and man, you can't say enough about what he brings to the field every day. And then also his ability to communicate with guys, not only just on the field, but inside the locker room. And he is exactly what you want in a veteran for young guys to aspire to be. This is how a professional acts. This is how he handles his craft. This is how he prepares. This is how much it means to him. Love CJ CJ Mosley. Can't get enough of him, to be honest with you. Uh, As we look ahead, Jets, Bills this week. The Jets took strides last week, didn't close the door against the Buccaneers. Maybe that's the next step for the young team. Unfortunately, as you always say, you can't carry things over from year to year. But with that being said, these guys are going to go into a great environment in Buffalo. 
where the Bills are trying to secure their second division title in a row, this time with fans. And that place is going to be crazy. And this is going to have a feel of a playoff game. Oh, 100%. Like Bills Mafia, one of the most you know rabid fan bases in all the NFL. They love their football in Western New York. And they have so much to play for in this game, right? They're playing for the divisional crown, trying to be back-to-back champs. Um, in the AFC East. So that fan base will be crazy. It was crazy last week versus the Atlanta Falcons. They had the elements out there with the snow, the wind, and there potentially could be some elements this week versus the New York Jets. So maybe 20-mile-an-hour winds, maybe some rain, slush, snow mix. So um, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. And if you're this young Jets team, like you have to embrace this, right? This is December football, especially in New York. And they haven't really been a part of an atmosphere like that this year. And and a lot of these guys, even last year, because there was no fans in the stands. So this will be a true test for the Jets to see if they can go into a hostile environment, go out there and, and, and still a win and make a team lose the division crown. I mean, that should be their motivation, right? I, I, we kind of I kid with Bryce Hall and, and said in 2015, we had a chance to solidify a playoff spot and they beat us and Buffalo had nothing to play for. So kind of want to get get some payback, have Bryce Hall and these these young young Jets knock off the Bills right here, so they have to go on the road in week one. How much do you think about that game, 2015, that that season that, under? That game haunted me for a while. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. That's probably one of the toughest games of my career um, because I felt like the team that we had, the team that we had put together, it was a mix of, you know, Bowles' regime and Rex's regime. Um, just the players we had on the team. We felt if we got into the dance that we felt like nobody could beat us. Right. Um, and we had everything in front of us and we just didn't get so, so, uh, you guys were such an interesting mix of guys. Yeah. Fitzpatrick having the career season, Brandon Marshall coming over was unbelievable. You had Eric Decker, of course. Reeves uh, comes back. The, yeah. And, and uh, the one guy uh, who you missed in that game. Um, who, who was the running back? Well, Chris, was remember Chris, it was a weird situation. So like Chris, was supposedly banged up, but then he came in and ripped off like a 60-yarder to put right. it over a 1,000 yards. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just a weird game, man. And like I said, yeah, that game affected me so much because I felt like if we got in, anything could happen. It affected me so much that me and Revis actually left during Super Bowl week and went to Australia because I didn't want to even watch the game um, because I felt like we were supposed to be there. You and Revis went to Australia, huh? Yeah. We went to Australia and New Zealand. How long did you hang out there for? Almost two weeks. So, hey, give it to us. What's Reeve like hanging out on vacation? Oh, that's my guy, man. Reeve, Reeve is cool, man. He laid back. Um, one of the coolest dudes ever, man. Just be chilling, man. Reeve is Reeve. He just literally just chills, man. So it was good to, you know, just get to know each other a little bit more on that trip. Um, Who set up the agenda? I got to imagine that was in your court, though. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was uh, uh, like we had a great time in Sydney and Melbourne, um, had a great time in Auckland. Um, it was just good to get out there in nature, man. And just like I said, get away from everything. Like we, like I said, we didn't even watch the game. We didn't watch it. We left the week of the Pro Bowl, came back on Super Bowl day on purpose. <laughs> was that your first time down under? It was. It was. Long trip, man. We had to stop in L.A. We stopped in L.A. for like two days before we went because we knew how long the flight was. So we stopped in L.A. and then – took the flight to Sydney, Australia. Same thing on the way back, stopped in LA, 
then flew all the way back. Dudes, are you a good flyer? I don't know if I could do Australia. <laughs> I I mean I love to travel, but yeah, Australia's a long, a long trip. Like, I, I think I woke up like three or four times. I slept and woke up like three or four times and we still weren't there. <laughs> Unbelievable. But movie. I mean I've flown to Thailand too, so that's a long flight too. Yeah. That team did have some magic to them 2015. Yeah. You guys entered Buffalo. Ten and five. Ten I did five. not see that one coming. Get you in the playoffs, man. Yeah, we'd have been in with these. Uh, yes, this year. Uh, a win and you're in. Yeah, and then uh, Rex Ryan leading the Buffalo Bills to a victory over the Jets. That that was a tough one, and that's the closest. <laughs> <laughs> that's the closest the Jets have been to the playoffs since those uh, championship game days, yep. uh, 2009 seasons, 2010 seasons. But again, a lot to look forward to as we move ahead. Just from a pure X's and O standpoint, yeah. what do the Jets have to do defensively to slow down the Bills? Josh Allen will play some hero ball at times. He was very inaccurate last week. Um, but with that being said, I don't think that team's punted for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's interesting, right? Because I know me and you have talked about this. It's Josh Allen's a guy I just don't trust, and everybody still looks at me crazy. It's because of what we saw versus the Falcons. Like on the, versus a better team, you lose that game. Um, but we saw the hero ball work versus New England Patriots, right? On fourth and, and one with about what three minutes left in the game. His own replay is supposed to go to the running back because that's what the read says. Josh Allen decides to keep the ball. Now, because he's six foot five, 250 pounds, he's able to make two defensive backs miss and get the first down. And essentially they go out and, and run the clock out and win the game versus New England. But then you see the hero ball last week, he throws three interceptions, but they win the game. Um, so that's that's the thing about Josh Allen. So the Jets were able to force him into a couple of mistakes when they played the first time. Now it's just all about making them pay for it. And the thing is, their defense has been so good that a lot of times that teams can't really convert after getting interceptions or fumbles from Josh Allen. And especially at home with that, that crowd, the noise and everything, the elements, it's really hard for offense to get going. Now, Kyle Pitts had a lot of success. Kenny Yaboa had some success last week. I could see Michael Floor trying to really use Yaboa, not in the same instance because Pitts is a different athlete, um, but as far as attacking the seams in this cover two defense that the Buffalo Bills like to do, I think that'll be big. The Bills have been on a running streak the last two weeks, so with the elements coming into play and Michael Carter potentially maybe coming back this week, um, we'll see where Tevin Coleman is. Um, running the ball will be will be premium this game as far as the elements and the way this offensive line is playing. Now you worry about the elements and the footing on the ground and everything. So I know Gus will get those guys right as far as their footwear and what they need to wear and the elements, if there is some rain or slush out there, but trying to pound the ball versus, you know, this Buffalo Bills defense is going to be a big thing. We saw they've struggled against teams that run the ball effectively. We saw it versus the Indianapolis Colts. We saw it in the first game versus the Patriots. We saw it versus the Tennessee Titans earlier in the year. So if you can bring that physical nature to them, which the which the, the Jets did on Sunday versus one of the best run-stopping defenses in all of football, then it bodes well for Zach Wilson because now you're talking about playing ahead of the sticks and not behind the sticks because Buffalo loves to put you in third and ten situations. Yeah, they're a little bit undersized up front. Ed Oliver is a very good player, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. Yeah, a lot of slanting and stuff like that up front. I mean, especially if, if Starla Tulele, he's kind of been banged up this year. If he's not playing, they're really undersized at the defensive tackle position. They do have some linebackers who really can get after it and yeah. run. They cover a lot of space. Jermaine Edmonds, Matt Milano. Yeah. Um, and the safeties. 
Best this, safety tandem in the league. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, they're all over the place. And they don't let plays go over their heads traditionally. No, nah, best 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 safety tandem in the league the last three years, honestly. Mm. Uh, those dudes are just both playing at a different level. It's been travesty that they haven't been able to go to the Pro Bowl. Uh, I think Hyde went one year. I think Poyer should have should have went the same year he went. Honestly, they should have been the two safeties to go for the AFC. Um, these dudes play at a different level, and, and they're so interchangeable, right? They both can play in the box. They both can play in the middle of the field, and that's why they're able to disguise so easily because they're interchangeable at the safety position. Again, they do just so much for the Buffalo Bills in that back end. So we come full circle. We start with Zach Wilson. We're going to end with Zach Wilson. Okay. What does he have to do in the environment? Talk about everything. Talk about the elements yeah. because that is one of the most winful, win-filled stadiums in the National Football League. It can be swirling one way one minute and yeah. swirling 50 miles the, the other way the next. And then – the precipitation, probably in the forecast, you could get rain, you could get snow, you could get slush. And then the defense, what kind of challenges they pose, especially with those safeties being interchangeable. Talk about all three of those things. First and foremost, the element. So if you're Zach Wilson in this offense, you want to soak some footballs this week, right? Just in case you do have the elements. That way Zach is used to throwing a ball that's a little heavier, that's wet, working on that grip and ball security for the receivers and running backs. Because we saw last week with the, the snow that they had out there, their, their, you know, returner Marquez Stevenson had a fumble on a punt return because the Atlanta Falcons literally attacked the ball with his helmet and the ball literally came out easily. So you have to worry about that ball security. And then also Zach, as far as gripping the ball and letting it rip with a wet ball, because it's going to be hard. Yes, there's guys on the sideline interchanging those footballs. And once they all hit the ground, man, it's off or not. Those balls are going to stay wet for the whole game. And they're going to be a wet and cold football. Uh, second, what he should expect from the Buffalo Bills. He didn't get to play them the first time. Mike White played them the first time. So this will be his first time playing the Buffalo Bills. This is a team, as I just stated, a lot of pre-snap disguises. Mm -hmm. So they like to play a lot of cover, too. They'll play some man every once in a while, and they'll blitz on third down. They're not a heavy blitzing team, but they will blitz on third down. They want you to have to matriculate the ball down the field. But they're one of the best pre-disguising -dis pre teams in the NFL. And the way they get to cover, too, I've seen some of the weirdest stuff from the Buffalo Bills. Like, literally, they'll have one of their safeties play short to deep, and they'll send the corner deep, which usually in cover two, you got the two high shell safety look. The corners are playing short to deep. Well, they'll switch it up, EA. Well, they'll bring that safety down. He'll play short to deep, and then that corner will play the deep half. So if you're Zach Wilson, you have to really keep in mind and watch a lot of film. And, and what you see pre-stop is not what you're going to see post-snap. Also That's some Jedi two. mind tricks right there. Yeah, man. Also in cover two, <laughs> also in cover two, the seams are usually open, right? That's why Kyle Pitts was able to have a big day versus Atlanta. Uh, Kenny Yaboa had a really good day. He seems like he will be the receiving tight end going forward. Um, he's a guy I think that Zach Wilson should target in the seams this week. And then what I talked about, the run game. The run game has to be big for the Jets this week. Like teams that have brought that physical nature to the Bills, the Bills have kind of folded as far as their defense. Like, Teams like Indianapolis, I've said this before, teams like New England Patriots, teams like the Tennessee Titans. And the, just the last two weeks have been one of the best running football teams in the NFL. They have to continue with that mindset. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. So running the football is going to be major. Adversely on defense, right? Josh Allen is a wild card. <laughs> this guy, uh, they've gotten his legs going the last couple of weeks. He's a guy 
uh, pass rush lanes responsibility is going to be major this week, right? You can't run past the quarterback. You can't make inside moves, especially going to his right. If you're that left defensive end, not too many inside moves because that guy throwing on the run is one of the best in the NFL with his accuracy. Stephon Diggs is a the guy they're going to target. Dawson Knox is the guy in the red zone. You just have to know that. That's where they like to go with the football. It's it's Gabriel and Knox. Those are the two guys in the red zone that they love to target. So you have to watch out for those two in the red zone. Now they've tried to try to try to little run the ball a little bit. Uh, that's not what they do, right? They're, they're predominantly three wide, four wide. Um, they'll run some RPO, run pass options. Um, but when they've had more, more successes, when they've been able to run the ball, um, they've gotten Singletary going. Uh, they've gotten Matt Breida going, but they, for some reason they just refuse to do that on a consistent basis. So uh, a lot of times they'll use Josh Allen's legs. So, again, pass rush responsibility. Uh, the quick throw game is going to be big with the RPO game. And they're, they're going to take at least three or four shots a game, right? So you just have to be wary of that in those certain situations. I can't wait for this game. Yes, the Jets are 4-12. and 12. Fin- They're finishing up their season. But after the way they played last week against Brady and the Bucks, no moral victories, but there were definitely moments and long stretches during that game where the Jets were taking it to the Buccaneers. I don't care who was on the field. That is a playoff team. That is a team that's going to compete for a championship once again. Yeah, and now you're going into Buffalo facing a Bills team that's won, I think, three in a row right now, can win the division. Um, You are going to benefit from the experience. Win, loss, draw, whatever. You're going to benefit from playing in this game. And I love what... Bryce Hall told us today on the podcast, we are treating this like a playoff game, as yeah. they should. 100%. This is this is the Jets' Super Bowl this year, and you hear teams say that all the time, but literally, like, I know me and you talk about the gauntlet to finish the season, the Bucks, and then the Bills, but this is a measuring stick for a young team, right? These are teams that are going to go to the playoffs, and this is how you measure yourself against playing teams of playoff caliber status. Like, how well can you play? Yeah, we know you can beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but what they did last week versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should like should have Jet fans excited. Like they literally let the, the Bucks off the hook. Like they had a chance to win that game at the end of the game. And now you're playing another team on a road in a hostile environment that you haven't really been in all year long. Now you have another opportunity to see the growth of this young team because the foundation has been set, right? Now it's all about developing and progressing and continue to build that identity and that foundation for your team. So we'll get to see what this young Jet team is made of going into this hostile environment up there in Orchard Park this Sunday. Well said. We'll put a capper in the 2021 season next week. 